from Gay BC, this is the Happy Hour with your hosts, Richie Roy, Chick Maxson, and Johnny Mack. Your source for conversation, current events, culture, and all things LGBTQ. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to the Happy Hour. <laughs> and Happy Pride, everyone. Happy Pride to you, Richie. I understand that you have been in the whole Pride mode all week up in Toronto. The Pride celebrations have been ongoing and are underway as we speak. Yes, um, it's been really fun so far. Um, maybe a little bit uh, later in the show, I can give a little rundown of how things have been so far. My take on Toronto, as they say it here. Um, the the last T is silent, apparently. Um, so, yeah, it's been good. Um, but, you know, in between uh, revelry moments, uh, you know, there's stuff in the world from submarines to the Wagner group. But um, here we will cover lots of LGBTQ stuff that's been going on in the news, too. So, um, I don't know. What do you think? Should we just get right into it? Absolutely. How are you today, uh, Chick? How are things in Texas? I'm doing good. It's been hot, but I'm doing okay. <laughs> good. Yeah, I know. We've been watching the temperatures. I mean, I'm used to it here uh, in the desert in Palm Springs. And we're going to, I think, hit about 106 this week, which is back to normal. I mean, it's been nice and, and kind of, uh, I don't know, wind. a little bit of wind, but mostly nice, especially in the evenings, like 80 degrees and I can't believe that we're this far into the summer or into the year already summer just having started and and it's not hotter than hell so but not not so lucky for our friends there in Texas and uh, what's what's your high been so far this week um so the official high from the from the National Weather Service was 111 yeah I was at about at about 80% humidity. Um, but the, I think the official high was way more than that because when I got into my work truck and after driving it around for a bit, it said 118 degrees. Um, the weather service station here is kind of outside of town by the airport. There's no buildings, no major roads around. Um, so working in the city much, much hotter than it is wherever the weather station is. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, the other thing, too, is you got to keep in mind that the uh, temperatures that cars show is always a bit of an exaggeration because uh, thermometers, I think, are under the hood. and and they. But it doesn't matter. When you get in the thing, you feel like you're absolutely going to melt. I remember the day that I moved to Palm Springs, or not moved here, but interviewed for the job that brought me here years and years ago, it was 123 that day, and I thought, well, you know, you can live through this. You can live through anything. You're a cockroach, man. But <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, uh, my only words of advice to somebody who lives in a very, very, very hot place uh, much of the year is just stay hydrated and use sunscreen. Yeah, I was going to say I was gonna, I have the opposite advice which is just keep just keep a tumbler of weak gin and tonics around. <laughs> it is the happy hour after all. So, <laughs> well, uh Richie V is for more than Vijay J. 
it's also for victories, big and small. So let's start off the happy hour with some happy news. Yeah, so um, we have a couple good stories this week. Um, you know, oftentimes uh, covering LGBTQ news, uh, there there is, uh, you know, there's stuff, and we'll get into it later in the show, that uh, can be a little bit <clears throat> dispiriting. But Estonia uh, recently became the first Central European country to allow same-sex marriage. And so that's, you know, a pre- I think a pretty big win. Um, you know, it was done through parliament. So it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a judicial edict. It was actually something that came through, uh, you know, through the legislative body. And, uh, you know, it's it's great to see to see that happening, um, you know, especially when we're seeing, you know, certain like we talked last week about Uganda uh, criminalizing homosexuality to see that there are parts of the world where we are still making some progress. Yeah, and uh, it just crossed the threshold to uh, to have this be a victory there. Um, there uh, is a 101-seat parliament in Estonia, and the bill uh, passed with 55 votes. So um, that's considered a good, strong win, uh, mm-hmm. and that's really great. I'm happy to see that more places around the world, and, and especially in Europe where we don't really – tend to see any sort of problems with LGBTQ equality from the standpoint of of legislation uh, many times uh, is is continuing to make the march forward, which is great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, kind of uh, to go back to the topic that we talked about last week, um, gay travel, you know, it did give me a, a, a moment to take a look Um and from all uh, from all I've seen, Estonia looks like a beautiful country. Um, I'm like, it's moving, it's moved its way, it's way up the travel list for me for sure with this with this news. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, with what's going on, especially uh, this weekend in Moscow uh, and you know in Russia and the threat that exists there now from. Uh, uh, <laughs> You know, I, I, what comes to mind when I think about what's going on overseas in in Russia right now is that when you lie with dogs, you know, you end up with fleas, and they've kind of made this bed that they're having to sleep in now with this uh, with this faction that is presenting uh, an affront to Mr. Putin's government, and it's interesting. I can't imagine under any other circumstances that I could. Uh, wish for Mr. Putin to to prevail in this situation, but Estonia is you know a, a past member of the uh, Warsaw Pact, and so they have uh, broken away from Mother Russia, uh, and it hasn't been that long, and so you know something like this happening in a place like Estonia is especially great to see because of the human rights and civil rights uh, issues that they have had traditionally in that country. So I'm just, I'm really excited by this. And I think it's wonderful to, to know that, that we would be welcome in a country like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah. And so it's, it's great news and hopefully, um, you know, it emboldens, uh, folks, uh, you know, in the kind of Central European region, uh, you know, to keep advocating 
and you know i'm sure it really speaks you know to the importance of um, you know, paying attention to and focusing some you know energies on things like NGOs, you know that that are doing work to to you know like nonprofits and and non governmental organizations to advocate for LGBTQ rights in different parts of the world. Uh, I'm thinking that it might not be a bad place for Chick to go and cool off. <laughs> Yeah, I know. It, it, it's. I mean, it, it sounds. Yeah, I mean, I was gonna. I was gonna say earlier. It sounds like. Um, you know, if nothing else, um, with the weather there in Texas, um, you know, it it's it it makes life easy if you want to grill. You know, if you want to grill up a a minute steak, you just throw it on the hood of your car and you're good. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, I, I knew somebody who actually put together a cookbook once, and among the things that they uh, had in this cookbook were uh, were essentially baking the salmon uh, in a <laughs> piece of foil uh in uh under the hood of their car oh like on the engine block yeah uh-huh. yeah <laughs> so we have another good story too um this week um coming a, a, out of a place a little closer to home um uh arkansas and um so arkansas had passed a ban on gender-affirming treatments for minors and uh, it was recently struck down by the courts. And so that's great news. Um, and, you know, I, I love the quote from the district judge. Um, the quote is, the evidence showed that gender-affirming care improves the mental health and well-being of patients and that by prohibiting it, the state undermined the interests it claimed to be advancing. Of course. Which I just think is such a clear, it's such a clear kind of elucidation of exactly what's going on here because, um, you know, the the vast majority of kind of medical professionals and people who actually know something about these subjects are on the side of of allowing and, you know, permitting and, uh, and doing gender-affirming treatments for minors, um, you know, and there are just – the the people who are against it, um, it's just for crassly political and bigoted reasons. Um, that that they they can make statements, you know, public statements that they're trying to protect kids from, you know, radicalization and 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 you know, freaky medical experiments. But you know, the evidence, you know, that I'm sure was put put forth in court is that um, this is stuff that the medical industry, you know, is all for. And so. Um, yeah, it, it was just good to see kind of reason and facts, uh, you know, take precedence um, in in the you know in the court of law. So yeah. that I think is a really big win. Uh, the plaintiff in the case is Dylan Brandt. He is a 17 year old transgender boy, and he said in a statement that was issued by the American Civil Liberties Union, which was representing he and his mother, uh, I'm so grateful that the judge heard my experience of how this healthcare has changed my life for the better and saw the dangerous impact this law could have on my life and that and that of countless other transgender people so um it's great that you know that dylan uh and his mom pursued this legally and have set a precedent now um that not only is going to matter in the state of arkansas but hopefully all across this land of ours uh, of course, the Attorney General, Tim Griffin, uh, he plans to appeal this. 
So uh, along with uh, Governor um, Sad Pug, uh, <laughs> you know, just uh, he came out saying, I am disappointed in the decision that prevents our state from protecting our children against dangerous medical experimentation under the moniker of gender transition. Oh, shut up, you punk. I get yeah. so tired of hearing this nonsense from people who have never had to walk a day in the shoes of somebody who is living this experience. It's it's no different, not one iota different than the abortion issue. You know, I mean, people's reproductive rights, you know, it, I imagine we'd have a very different approach to how we handle these kinds of things at the judicial level if, you know, it was a matter of telling somebody, I don't know, you've got testicular cancer and we're, it, we can't touch those because you know what? Those ultimately are the giver of life. Right. Yeah. And, or, or, you know, someone who, you know, that's a, that's a, a great analogy is, you know, someone who, um, you know, has testicular cancer and they have to be, you know, removed and then say, well, but you know, this, we can't allow this radical medical experimentation for you to have testosterone replacement therapy because, you know, God put, put them there for a reason. And if, if you took them away, then, you know, sorry for you. It's just, yeah. it, it just, maybe all the reason apart. was I, to kill you. Maybe yeah, God wanted to kill you. Right. So it's just, you He's know, going I, I to think eventually. You, right. I mean, I think you brought up a good point, which is, um, you know, one of the things that I always kind of look at as like a touchstone is, um, is just like basic empathy. And so many of these politicians, um, you know, who are kind of virulently anti-trans and even anti-LGBTQ generally, um, are just sort of lacking basic empathy. And you'll see it sometimes where it, where it kind of peeks out through the cracks is you'll have a Republican politician who is, you know, violently anti-gay, and then they have a kid that comes out, and suddenly they're kind of like, I've seen the light, and like, actually, you know, we need to respect, you know, people, you know, who are, you know, who are LGBTQ. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, I'm glad you finally came around to it, but it literally took you being directly affected in your own family to get there. That's not empathy. That's literally just kind of like, basic self-protection i'll take it i'll take that support but it doesn't it i don't think it's very brave or very powerful because it just it's not coming from a place of empathy it's literally just kind of selfishness it comes back to also to the really strong emphasis that president bill clinton gave when he addressed the human rights campaign's national dinner at their first of such event which i think was in 1998 in Washington, D.C., and he said that this is why it is so important that each and every one of you come out and put a face on who you are, how you are, who you love, because usually when people realize that they are in the presence of and have experienced you, in so many other ways in life, they're going to go, well, that person's not a predator. Or that person's not a bad person. That person does things lovingly for, you know, people in his life or community or hers. You know, it, it just, 
it seems so basic to understand these things, but yet so many times people are not willing to do it until, like you said, Richie, it absolutely affects them, you know, directly. Right. And, and it, it kind of, you know, and the thing is what, why it's so um, dangerous, a lot of the kind of legislation that's, that's happening around trans health and trans care is, um, is that they're really trying to prevent trans folks from existing um, through legislation. And you can't be there and be visible um, when you aren't allowed to actually exist. And so, you know, that that it's kind of especially poisonous, um, you know, what's happening with sort of these trans bills that are passing with some regularity in red states. Well, it's great to see that these stories made it to the top of our program this week and for good reason and for good people all around the world and here in the United States. Richie Roy is in Toronto for Pride. We'll talk about that later on. Uh, And Chick Maxson is sweating it out in the sweltering heat of Texas. I'm Johnny Mack. And don't worry, not all the news this week is sunshine and roses. In a moment, we're going to take a walk through our rose garden and we're going to grab the thorns. There's some ugly stuff too. And you're going to want to hear about it. Stay with us. This is the GBC Happy Hour from GBC Radio Network on Mutual. You may have heard queer youth are under attack at schools across the nation, not just by domestic terrorists wielding assault weapons and hiding behind the stranglehold of the firearm lobby. From Florida's infamous Don't Say Gay legislation to multiple states targeting transgender children, intolerance and hate are values that place young lives in harm's way. GLSEN has been building a better world for young people for three decades. The Gay, Lesbian, Straight Education Network, working with activists, historians, and researchers, GLSEN has been inspiring educators and advocates, and most of all, students, to ensure safer, more inclusive schools for LGBTQ youth. They have led movements, including the Day of Silence, Ally Week, and other initiatives. Your help is needed now more than ever. Support GLSEN. Make a difference by contributing today at glsen.org. GLSEN.org. The Happy Hour on Gay BC. No agenda, except for that gay one. Hello, and welcome back to The Happy Hour. Um, I have to say, that little intro is one of my favorites, because I feel like we're kind of going into the OK Corral. (laughs) So, um, uh, glad to have you all back with us. Um, and uh, we will continue on with some news of uh, news of things happening here stateside. Um, so a slightly less rosy note um, and something that isn't that this story is just sort of emblematic of something that's happening around the country um, in New Hampshire. A, a group of neo-Nazi thugs uh, disrupted a drag story hour uh, yeah, in New Hampshire. So um it's this story is not this is not the only time this has happened um and it's kind of uh it's sort of chilling uh when you see the imagery and you see the people who are sort of acting with impunity um but it's a thing that's happening now uh you know again 
sort of targeting, uh, you know, these drag story hours, which, you know, if you've ever seen any videos of them, they are about the most innocuous thing you could imagine. Um, you know, it's a, usually a drag queen uh, reading children's stories to kids in a library. Um, and, you know, uh, what's more fun than a drag queen? Um, you know, can't be larger than life, fun. Or story um, time. Right. Um, and, you know, I would say there, there are a few people in the world better equipped to uh, to put a little verve into, you know, good night moon than a drag queen. So, <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, you know, it's it's kind of it's it's sort of a terrible thing that's happening. You know, one I know that there were some um, similar proud boys were, you know, are always trying to disrupt drag story hours, even in New York City, um, you know, in Queens. And one of the things that's important for people to do is to kind of be aware of this stuff and go and peacefully counter protest and sort of provide, uh, you know, protective cover so that, you know, the kids who are going to these drag story hours are not sort of traumatized by being, you know, ushered in under, you know, threat of violence. Um, it's pretty crazy. It is very crazy. And as somebody who grew up, unfortunately, I mean, not unfortunately that I grew up there, but uh, that it was a region of the country that I think is fairly well known for its neo-Nazi ties uh, in the Pacific Northwest, you know, only about five, six hours from one of the largest encampments of neo-Nazis in the country at Hayden Lake, Idaho, uh, because I grew up in Seattle, it it was always in the back of your mind because you're always hearing about threats that could happen, you know, uh, attacks that could happen at establishments that serve the LGBTQ community. Uh, even, you know, uh, as far away as I was, that they were they were a threat to our lives, to our existence, to our freedoms. And uh, now that they would target events that actually uh, could present harm to children, I mean, I don't want to see harm to anybody, to drag queens, to, um, you know, to anybody in society, uh, but especially to kids. And... I think that they have this feeling that they're somehow protecting them from some sort of perverse thing. You know, my my perspective on this chick and Richie is that people who are so homophobic, who are so transphobic, people who hate people because of some immutable trait have the most to hide that they're usually some sort of closet case or, you know, they're dealing with some hatred, some self-hatred, something within themselves that they see. And so they try to prove to themselves that they're not that thing because they act in such an antisocial, you know, ultimately criminal way with regards to these kinds of things and to try and disrupt any sort of an event with any sort of a mental or physical threat to people that include children uh, is just plain sick. And I think that 
I know that we're supposed to protect people's right to believe as they want, but it seems to me that it's time for us to have a broader conversation in this country about hate crime and about uh, these kinds of things being a criminal type of offense and, and dealing with them in a swift way, because otherwise I don't see this going away anytime ever. Yeah, it's it's hard, you know, because um yeah, because we deal with it in the United States in this really in this really particular way because of how we have over time interpreted the first amendment. Um you know, in a lot of other countries, um there is more flexibility for dealing with hate speech. Um you know, and you know, just to give an example, um you know, like something like in Germany, um, you know, you cannot have Nazi sim, sim, you know, symbols. You can't wear Nazi clothes. You can't espouse Nazi ideology. Um, you know, and, and it makes sense, especially given their particular historical background. But they have the ability to, to regulate speech in these particular ways. And, you know, it's, it's always difficult because, you know, the First Amendment cuts both ways um, in terms of allowing speech that's maybe – uh, you know, you know, speech that we agree with that might be unpopular um, and, you know, having the freedom to, you know, basic, you know, for instance, uh, be very, you know, in the early days of gay advocacy, you know, to be out there, you know, making speech that uh, was not popular, uh, but, you know, was still valuable. So it's tricky. It's a really tricky subject. Um, but I agree that it, 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 it becomes hard when you see sort of the reality of what we're dealing with. Chick, I know you're uh, very manly. Do you like tits? <laughs> it's a simple question, uh, yes or no? Uh, some, maybe. <laughs> some, maybe? Well, I mean, I, I don't want anybody to miss out on our TIT focus today in Texas, and that's where you live, and you even have a governor who's literally a tit head. Uh, we're going to be talking as we continue with more of the GBC Happy Hour uh, about some stuff happening in Texas besides just the heat. So stay with us. News update coming. Over the years, you've brought them into your home. You were prescribed opioids after the C-section. When dad injured his back, when your basketball star tore his ACL, opioids helped with the pain and you held on to them just in case. But did you know holding on to unused opioids puts your family at risk? Opioids are powerful pain-reducing prescription medicines, but most people who are prescribed opioids don't finish their prescriptions. So millions of unused opioids are sitting in homes across the country, and tragically, more than 100 Americans die every day from overdoses involving opioids. What can you do to protect your family? Remove the risk of unused opioids from your home. Pills, patches, or syrups in drawers, purses, and cabinets, anywhere they might be hiding. To find out how to dispose of them properly, visit www.fda.gov slash drug disposal. You think these guys aren't interesting enough without you joining the show? You're probably right. 760-677-0111. That's 760-677-0111. 
Operators are standing by right now, probably. So welcome back, everyone, to the happy hour. Um, and uh, we are going to be talking in the next in this segment about today in Texas. But, um, you know, one thing to just throw out there is um, not only uh, is the GBC happy hour your go to location for all news LGBTQ current events, culture, community, uh, and comedy sometimes, but, um, also, <laughs> uh, you will, uh, there is an opportunity to, uh, wear your support for the show on your sleeve. Literally. So, um, you know, uh, you know, our number as, uh, as you may know, as you may have heard in the little, uh, intro is seven, six, zero, six, seven, seven, zero, one, one, one. And um, yeah, if you uh, if you call in and weigh in on any of the things we talk about, you might have a chance to win some swag, which I've seen pictures of, and it looks pretty darn cool. And you can too. You can check out uh, a few of the items we have uh, actually on our website at gaybc.com. You'll see some models showing off their uh, new gaybc. Uh, happy hour t-shirts so we've got some t-shirts and some coffee mugs and there's some other stuff coming soon too uh, including uh, the all-important shot glasses <laughs> shot glasses i thought you were going to say the all-important jock straps and i was like yeah you know i mean uh, <laughs> uh one of those would have come in handy here at pride perhaps <laughs> perhaps Yes. Um, but yeah, everyone uh, check that stuff out and uh, call in. Uh, you know, we've talked about a bunch of things so far and we will kind of keep going. Um, but, you know, one of the things that uh, in for today in Texas that I think is really it really uh, it really irks me um, because I actually in law school, uh, one of the things that I kind of worked on for my my major writing credit was about uh sort of establishment clause, you know, and, um, and, uh, sort of religious freedom, uh, in the courts. And, uh, we had a decision this week that an uh, appellate court, uh, found that a Christian owned Texas business is allowed to fire employees for being gay or trans because of their religious, their, you know, strongly held religious beliefs. So it kind of eviscerates any idea of, you know, equal fair employment when you get a get out of jail free card because you just say the magic word religion. Yeah. You know, I I have thought about this because of things exactly like this for years, for decades. I have wondered why we do not form an LGBTQ religion. I mean, there are certainly crazier things out there in the name of a religious entity. And, you know, I don't want to take anything away from people of faith. I feel like people are entitled to believe what they believe so long as it does not interfere in people being able to live their lives as they want. And and does not break the law. But it seems to me that that would answer a lot of these problems, Chick and Richie, would be to have us 
form like a queer religion and then claim to be part of that and protect ourselves from all of these a holes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the closest thing we have, um, you know, and I think that they do amazing work is actually the. Um, is and I, I don't know their exact name, but the you know the the Church of Satan, the Satanic Church, oh. they do a lot of important stuff because they're not actually, they're really a political sort of um, organization. Because what they do is they 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 test the premise, you know, um, you know this about in terms of free exercise. You know, you'll have a you know a, a Christian organization will say, well, we want to put uh, the Ten Commandments in a public park. You know, this huge gaudy, ugly Ten Commandments. Right. Um, and, you know, then there's kind of a discussion. Is it free exercise? Should they be allowed to? Whatever. And then the Church of Satan says, okay, you know, that's totally cool. We love that for you. We want to put up a, you know, a, a temple to Baphomet in the same park. Um, and people freak out. And it's like, well, it really, it sort of gives the lie to the fact that um, this is this is actually advocacy, religious advocacy and religious imposition in public spaces. Um, and, you know, going back to this appeals court decision, what there's no there's no rubric for basically bal a, a balancing test of balancing, you know, religious freedom and equal opportunity. What is, you know, what is there to, to say that someone has a religion that's racially based? Mm -hmm. That that thinks that people of color, you know, are not, uh, you know, um, are not created in God's image. So would that was that would someone with that strongly held religious belief be able to say I can I won't hire black people? Well, um, what's is really that acceptable? What's really funny about that too is that um, you know their Lord and Savior actually is uh, reflected in. Uh, or closer reflects uh, people with darker skins uh, image than people who are uh, you know albino. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, I mean the fact the fact that there's there are people. I mean, I think I would say a plurality of people who think that Jesus like literally looks like Michael Landon. It's like <laughs> you know, give me a break. <laughs> yeah, and again, uh, and I don't I don't want to take away anything from people who are. Um, Christians, Muslims, or, um, you know, Jewish or other faiths. And believe me, there's what, like, I think I once, I was blown away to read that there were people of more than 200 faiths living in New York City at one time. And, and I was just like, really? I mean, like, wow, that's a whole lot of churches. And, but at the same time, Again, so long as they don't practice things that hurt other people, uh, I'm fine with them practicing whatever they want to believe. I, I certainly wouldn't want anybody interfering what you know in what I believe. And and there are many people who practice, I think, their faith in a way that is a positive thing and that does help society. But there are so many people who have used it to create so much suffering in the world that you really have to scratch your head and go this is just a bunch of hypocrisy yeah and you know to bring it back to the um you know this the appellate court decision i mean part of this really stems out of there's this you know kind of 
constant drumbeat that's happened in the Supreme Court of um, of granting more and more latitude to basically re- religious exemptions and exceptions from just being a civically minded American. Um, you know, some the, not to say you know that America is a secular society, but to say that there it's a pluralistic society. But um, but I would say that a lot of the Supreme Court decisions on religion really point to more of an atomized society where you have kind of the ability to opt out of of general universally applicable rules and regulations and norms if you just say the magic word religion. And it just it, it becomes extremely hard to to administer a civ, you know a civic society that ha- that tries to be inclusive and equal um, when you have this really you know non-interrogatable uh, get out of jail free card. Um, you know, you just say the word strongly held religious belief, and it's like a magic wand that you can wave, and just things you don't like suddenly don't exist for you. Um, <clears throat> so it's it's kind of it's unfortunate. Um, you know, I hope that this appellate decision, um, you know, I mean, it, it's a bad decision. Uh, you know, I guess where it would go next is uh, if there's a circuit split with another circuit, um, go up to the Supreme Court at this point, query what's going to happen with the current makeup of the Supreme Court. Well, um, couldn't they take it for a, a ruling before the entire circuit as opposed to they just can the go three on judge bonk. panel? That's correct. Yes. Um, and also, I believe, if I recall right from this story, that this wasn't the the be all end all in this case that um, that they did permit uh, the case to be uh, taken as a as a class action that could move forward, and that this only related to the the particulars of this one specific case. Right. So yeah. So they did reverse the the lower court's ruling that allowed it to be a general class action, you know, on like-minded religious businesses. That said, if they're they're still creating precedent, you know, with a decision that sort of says like, you know, have at it, boys. You know, um, you know, feel free to to you know to to do what you want and you have precedent on your side. So, I mean, that it's a minor win. It's a minor win that they didn't just kind of, you know, make a blanket ruling that's sort of generally applicable to religious businesses, but it's still it's still a big setback. Yeah. Well, um, it's not surprising. The judges who did hear this at that circuit court level uh, were all appointed, of course, by Republican presidents. But of course, yeah. And there's a way for us to fix that problem too. Never to elect those dirty, rotten sons of you know what's uh, as presidents again. You mean in terms of who has the, the the power to appoint federal judges? Yes. Right. Um, yeah, and and more. You know, it's it. Well, and it's legislative bodies. We need to do the same thing with regards to the House and the Senate, especially in 2024, where this country is really going to be screwed up for the rest of this of this century. Yeah, I mean, and this goes to this goes to a, you know an, another point which um, I'm I'm on the fence about, or not on the fence, but I'm I know it's complicated, but um, but generally 
questioning whether the lifetime appointment for federal judges makes sense um, because what you what you have is um, an incentive there for and we've seen this happen many times for um, when Republicans are you know have have full power to ensconce extremely you know hard edged young jurists as judges and when there's a, a split government um, to stymie Democrats from getting any federal judges appointed. And then you have these people in there for life so they can just ossify in place and kind of make rulings on the world that exists now being octogenarians and doctrinaire you know, ideologues right. um, for decades and decades. Does that really make sense? Mm, it's a good question. You know, on the flip side, um, you know, it does, you know, it is good to insulate judges from, you know, from needing to, because, you know, in New York, our state judges are elected. Um, and there's a lot of political influence and sort of, you know, horse trading and stuff that happens. So it's all imperfect. But, you know, lifetime appointments of these judges who are going to make decisions for decades to come, it's a little bit troubling sometimes, especially when you get to, you know, the appellate level and yeah, especially the Supreme Court. Yeah, and you might recall that it was not all that long ago. I think we had a, a federal court decision on the issue of drag performances in the state of Tennessee. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering if that is going to play a significant role in something else that made it onto our, onto our dashboard this week, which was that our favorite... <laughs> uh, tit head in Texas, uh, Greg Abbott, the the uh, inept governor of the state of Texas, uh, he decided that he was going to sign Senate Bill uh, 12 into law on June the 18th, and that bill outlaws um, sexually oriented performance in Texas, which is how they define drag shows where there's like any skin showing i guess it's it it's pretty creepy and it could mean that drag performers could face up to ten thousand dollars per violation that's that's outrageous yeah yeah it's it's you know we're it's the it's the current it's the playbook du jour and texas is only the most recent one to kind of go there um and you know i it, what they did is they were they were very cute with how they did it because yeah. uh, it was supposed to be specifically targeting drag and then they just changed the words to kind of I think try to get around the, some of the court decisions that have happened but um, you know it, in in some in substance it was an anti drag performance bill so right. well I'd like know. to see them go and enforce it first at a Catholic church <laughs> oh, well. Well, we're going to continue with more of the GBC Happy Hour with Chick Maxson and Richie Roy. I'm Johnny Mac, and coming up, mamas, don't let your babies grow up to play with frogs or drink the water that they've been in. Details ahead. Social Security is with you through life's journey from birth to retirement. As your life changes year to year, so do your needs. For over 80 years, Social Security has helped to meet your needs 
and is committed to improving access to the services that make a difference in your life. Today, you can verify your earnings, estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, manage your benefits, and even change your address, all from the comfort of your home. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. Come on, turn that frown upside down. It's the happy hour on Gay BC. Hello, uh, welcome back. Uh, everyone who's listening to the happy hour, whether you're a uh, human, alien, or frog, as it turns <laughs> out. Um, <laughs> for any of the frogs in the room, uh, we have dire news for you. Um, so, this is a story that um, it's not it's, easy being green, you know. It's it really isn't. Um, <laughs> you know, this is a kind of a kooky story, but it just highlights, you know, kind of some of the the thinking that's happening in this country. So, uh, and you know, it also just kind of um, you know when you think about the the end of a political dynasty kind of trickling out with a whimper, not a bang. RFK Jr. Um, recently went on a on of all places Jordan Peterson's podcast and talked at length about how chemicals in the water are turning frogs and people trans. Yeah, I'm not I'm not really buying into that. Of course, I didn't really buy into the fact that he would be a serious contender for president of the United States uh, when he announced he was going to seek the. Uh, I guess the Democratic nomination and uh, being an alternative to Joe Biden, you know, I mean the the Kennedy family has a deep, rich history of doing a lot of things in our nation, in the United States. But uh, now it turns out that we go from there being victims of attempted and affected. Uh, or actually uh, effective assassination attempts um, to being uh, batshit crazy. And this guy is starting to remind me of that, uh, of that congressman from Arizona who is, you know, completely out to lunch. Or Jim Jordan, or not Jim Jordan, but uh, uh, the guy from uh, Long Island. Oh, which one? Uh, oh, you know the yeah, what's his the name? lying gay. Oh, George Santos. George Santos. Yeah, I mean the thing the thing that the RFK Jr. story kind of brought up for me because he's also it was known for being anti-vax um, is uh, to see that you know this kind of pseudoscientific you know you read half an article you know in some wingnut Facebook group. And, you know, become convinced that, um, you know, that, tr tr you know, that being trans is like somehow caused by like, you know, spooky chemicals in the water. It's just, you know, it kind of just shows like that the panic has just gone completely off the rails. Um, you know, 
again, equating you know fro- endocrine disruptors and frogs to like you know talking about uh, you know I think he was talking about um, the problems with kids, especially boys. Uh, of course, um, you know, as Josh Hawley, you know, is saying in his book *Manhood*, you know, men are under attack, and even the water they're in is quote a soup of toxic chemicals today, and many of those are endocrine disruptors. So, it's just kind of like, I mean, I, you know, I threw this sort of this one into the mix, uh, into the soup, as it were, because it's just kind of highlights where, um, you know, the kind of nexus of moral panic, cultural panic. And then pseudoscience just kind of all are this miasma of stupidity. And RFK sh- Jr. is the is the current vessel, you know, through which this stuff gets to us. I'm not sure which labs that Mr. Kennedy is hanging out in, but he says that um, there's atrazine throughout our water supply. If you, in a lab, put atrazine in a tank full of frogs, it will chemically castrate and forcibly feminize every frog in there. Sorry. Uh, and 10% of the frogs, the male frogs, will turn into fully viable females able to produce viable eggs. If it's doing that to frogs, there's a lot of other evidence that it's doing it to human beings as well. There is. I mean, because until <laughs> I saw, saw this story and heard about his take on it, I'd never heard anything of the sort. I mean, how do you know that they've been feminized? Uh, are they wearing lipstick on these frogs? Are they wearing tutus? What? And you know, this, and it, this this story, this has been something that they've been on about for years. I remember years ago hearing on like you know one of the like Don Imus or some show like that. You know, they they were talking about how stuff in the water is making like you know salamanders dicks smaller or something just like this idea that like that masculinity and malehood and like penises are like literally under attack from the water around us is like it's like dr strange love level um well well, you can always count on the twitter twitter twitter's for fear um as one person uh responded on twitter about this Let's say I buy this stupid fucking crazy ass argument for one second. If the chemicals were in the water, then wouldn't we all be transgender? Or does right. the chemical trip a gene? Uh, does the chemical trip a gene in certain people's bodies and only a few? Oh fuck this shit! I just can't make up crazy like these a holes can. Uh, I know, I know, and and, and you know, of course. Uh, it fits in because he was on Jordan Peterson's show, of course, with the with the absolute cultural panic of the attack on manhood. Since Jordan Peterson and Josh Hawley and the likes of them are, you know, the the arbiters and protectors of all things male. Right. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I guess just what what the, what's the takeaway? Break out your Brita filters, otherwise you're going to be, you know, become quote a fully viable female. I guess that's why um, Josh stands by his man uh the donald and then runs like a little sissy away from the capital on january 6th so weirdly weirdly he didn't he didn't bring up january 6th and running away in his book on manhood i wonder why are you kidding me he left that out (laughs) i know such a no maybe he'll put it in the second edition (laughs) chick do you go frog hunting down there in texas 
Um, no, we don't have frogs here. We mostly have toads. But one thing I want to say thing, is... Same thing, right? <laughs> scientifically, amphibians are known to change sex when there is a low amount of male frogs in a given environment. The fro- the the female frogs will naturally uh, be able to, you know, they will fertilize with yeah. other female frogs. I mean, it's not, it's not because of the water. It's, it's something that they do naturally. Yeah. You, you know, that's such a good point. And I always bring this up, you know, when, when, when people are talking about kind of, um, wait, know, wait, gen, wait, wait, gen- wait, wait. So there's hope for gay couples. <laughs> right. I mean, I've so, seen some guys who have the hips for it. <laughs> so, <Yeah>. right. <laughs> yes. But so there, there is a great book called Biological Exuberance, which really is sort of an encyclopedic book about the the sort of variations and splendor of gender and hermaphroditism and, you know, sort of sexual variety in the animal kingdom and homosexuality and all sorts of stuff. And so, yeah, I mean, Chick, you bring up a great point that um, that not only is the story silly, but it also just kind of like elides, you know, sort of basic realities of amphibian science. So, yeah. <laughs> but I would recommend, you know, it's a great book. Um, you know, maybe not a cover to cover read, but, you know, a good a good book to keep in the bathroom to flip through, you know, when you have an extra minute or two. Um, Biological Exuberance. It's a it's a good one. Um, Speaking of amphibian uh, stuff. I just I don't want to get out of here this hour. We were going to talk about it for a couple of minutes earlier, but we didn't get an opportunity to. Uh, there is a lot of different takes on how people feel over this whole situation with the imploded submarine submarine uh, in the Atlantic this past week, um, and it's definitely sad that people lost their lives. But and and. Even more so, as far as I'm concerned, because of the fact that they, it all happened because of greed and ego. They were not ready to put that device, that uh, vessel, to the kind of test that it was put to. uh, And they didn't take what would be considered in the marine industry to be steps that should have been taken to uh, make sure it had the structural integrity after several dives um, because of the of the elements that were used to construct its hull. So, um, I, I mean, it's mind-blowing, and it's also a relief to know that they didn't even know what hit them, literally. I mean, uh, I read somebody uh, the other day writing a piece saying that um, they could have ended up being diamonds on the ocean floor because it happened so fast and the uh, chemical reaction that would have happened for the, that implosion uh, to occur uh, would have literally melted them in milliseconds. And um, I don't know. It's just it's bizarre. It's absolutely a bizarre thing. And the last thing I'm going to do is get into one of those things with four <laughs> other guys and try to go see something that obviously the world was never meant to have yep well we're gonna talk about richie's visit 
in Toronto for Pride that's happening this weekend like it is in many places as this is the 54th anniversary of the Stonewall Inn riots. So a lot of people look at this as the traditional weekend of gay pride and the fight for gay rights around the world. We'll talk more about that and a lot more coming up in the second hour of the GBC Happy Hour. Stay with us. You're going to also have a chance to win some GBC Happy Hour swag. For Richie Roy and Chick Maxson, I'm Johnny Mack. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System. News, talk, and entertainment without the gaslight. Mutualpodcast.com I'm Julie Ryan. The head of a mercenary group of soldiers in Russia is reportedly calling a halt to his military advance on Moscow. Russian state media says the leader of the Wagner Group held talks with the president of Belarus and agreed to de-escalate the situation. The Wagner Group's leader posted a voice note on Telegram saying he has agreed to stop his troops' movement. The group of mercenaries started to march on Russia's capital city after its leader claimed Russian forces attacked his troops. The White House says President Biden has spoken with various international leaders about the situation in Russia. French, German and U.K. leaders all reaffirm their support for Ukraine. The Kremlin denies Russian President Putin has fled Moscow. According to flight radar, Putin's plane was seen departing Moscow before disappearing from radar. Russian officials said Putin remains working at the Kremlin. Montana officials are responding to a train derailment in the Yellowstone River. A freight train plunged into the river after a bridge collapsed Saturday near Columbus, about 40 miles west of Billings. A Texas man facing charges for taking part in the 2021 Capitol riot says he was brainwashed. Attorneys for Ryan Nichols of Longview point to numerous chats on social media with an individual calling himself the 1% watchdog. A court filing this week says the alleged military veteran who claimed to be a government official radicalized their client and others. The filing questions why the federal government has allowed 1% watchdog to remain unidentified and at large. A new poll shows 61 percent of Americans disapprove of the Supreme Court's overturning of Roe v. Wade one year ago. Brad Siegel has more. Just over half say they strongly against the Dobbs decision that turned abortion rights back to the states, according to the NBC News poll. Those views are broken down along party lines. You're listening to the latest on NBC News Radio. The Happy Hour with Richie Roy, Chick Maxson and Johnny Mack. These homosexuals are scheming for world domination. Good grief. What is it with every talk show host thinking they should run the planet? Anywho, back to the Gay BC Happy Hour. Hello. Welcome back, everyone. Um, so we just got a little news update. And now um, we I will give a little rundown of uh, how Pride has been in Toronto so far. Please do. I love <laughs> Toronto. So it's a pretty darn cool city, I have to say. Um, Is this your my, first visit? You know, so technically, I have been. I've been here. I was here maybe twelve years ago for work, but um, all I saw of the city was um, was the hotel, um, an animation studio, and a pho shop about two blocks from the hotel, which I would go to for dinner sometimes. So. It's really my first time seeing the city. Um, 
And I have to say that they do pride really, really well here. Um, one of the things that I'm liking about it so far is um, the entire city takes it really seriously. Um, you know, they, they, they're shutting down roads, you know, having sort of open air, um, you know, sort of fairs, uh, multiple DJ stages. There's a, a, a really cool a park called the 519 Green Space, which every night is basically free and open with DJs and music and drinks for people to just come congregate and enjoy one another's company. Uh, there are also, of course, you know, um, ticketed private events happening uh, across the city, uh, as happens at a lot of ma you know major city prides. But there are a ton of activities available for um, for everyone. And um, you know, last night I uh, marched in the trans uh, trans pride march, um, which kind of did a big square around the sort of center of the kind of gay mecca. And to see the number of people out marching, uh, you know, or processing around uh, and see people watching and waving flags and kind of being, you know, extremely vocal in support of, of uh, the trans community was really amazing. And just broadly, you know, when you go out, um, you know, just within Toronto, you go to the, the, the sandwich shop and the person behind the counter you know, after you transact, you know, says happy pride. Um, it's just, it's like the whole city is on board with pride as kind of the thing that's happening this week. And it's just really nice to see um, that it's, it's, it, it, it's apparently, you know, one of the reasons for this is that Toronto a number of years ago hosted world pride. And I think it kind of, uh, it kind of propelled pride into a, sort of an important aspect of you know the of the yearly calendar for Toronto. So um, it's been great um, and really fun to just get to meet a ton of LGBT uh, LGBTQ folk um, and just kind of enjoy the city and revel in gayness. Yeah, it's <clears throat> I I think it's a, a fantastic place to visit. Uh, I've been there multiple times and. There's some really neat sights to see, but the queer village, in essence, there is also fun to hang around. And um, a lot of people uh, may or may not know now because a lot of years have passed since the time that Showtime uh, produced Queer as Folk, the first American version of it. Uh, before it was, I think the newer version is, if I'm not mistaken, is set in uh, New Orleans. But the show had its first American version, Americanized version, set in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. But it was not shot in Pittsburgh. Uh, it was all shot in Toronto. And so while there is uh, uh, not a nightclub uh as we knew it from that series, uh, named that, uh, I forget the name of it right now. Babylon. Babylon, right. Um, you know, in Toronto, uh, a lot of the scenery, and I think it, at the time that the show was on, people who did know that that's where it was being shot, um, that I think it created a lot of 
uh, tourism in that in that time, that era uh, of people in the LGBTQ community, and uh, you know that that inspired a number of people I knew to to go there and to visit and check out the scene in Toronto, but. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a really nice place, and I've been there for multiple LGBT related events for uh, Pride stuff when I was with Sirius XM, uh, and or what at the time was just Sirius Satellite Radio before the XM was added. But um, and also uh, I've been up there for things uh, related to the um, the LGBTQ choruses. Uh, there's an organization uh, nationally. It's called Gala Choruses, and they uh, held a, an event up there that I went to because we were at the time broadcasting a lot of different uh, Gala Chorus events uh, around uh-huh. the North America. So um, it's just a beautiful, beautiful city sitting on the shores of Lake Ontario. And uh, did you get a chance to go up to the tower? So I haven't. I didn't go to the tower, but I did go somewhere. Uh, sir, I would say equally iconic uh, for the LGBTQ community, which is uh, went to the island. Um, and there's a place there called Hanlon's Beach, which is um, kind of a beautiful, um, beautiful park that has uh, a well-established um, and quite lovely uh, clothing optional gay beach. Did you optional it? Uh, the option, the option was, uh, taken advantage of, um, but, uh, yes. Um, but yeah, and, and it's just like, it is, uh, it's, it's a really nice spot. Um, but you know, I think generally, um, what I would say the the vibe that feels different to me, um, in a really good way is, um, seeing how pride is sort of, um, happens in in Toronto and I would imagine across Canada is LGBTQ existence and rights are not up for grabs like they're not on the table as like something that's provisional like it's settled like it's like right. gay folks exist queer folks exist trans folks exist and we celebrate them this week but it's not there's just there's a sense that it's not a live issue anymore here which is like um really refreshing because you know i feel like in the u.s there's so much relitigation at this point of things that you know we thought were kind of behind us um and really are not Um, so what are the issues there in canada right now richie that people are seeing as something that they need to continue working on i mean we just talked a week ago about the passing of an acquaintance of ours who was really proactive in a variety of marginalized people in our communities, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and, and making sure that they were looked after and that they had their rights and, you know, were being protected. What what issues specifically are they working on now because they don't have to deal with, well, will marriage stay or will service by uh, LGBTQ people um, continue in the military or whatever? Yeah, it's a good question. I think um, I think a lot of it, you know, at least what I've seen is just expansion, expansion of rights, whether it's, um, you know, um, 
making sure that medical medical care for trans folks and for intersex people and um, you know everyone is as robust as it can be. Um, include a lot of it has to do with I think intersectionality, inclusion of native populations, um, and you know, you know to my to my mind, um, you know, hearing some of the things. Uh, that are kind of top of mind, um, they're so it's so subtle to me um, because in the U.S. there are just so many g- kind of glaringly horrible, like basic things that are like being like shredded, uh, you know, whether it's dr- you know drag story bans or trans, you know, uh, gender affirming care being you know sort of banned and all these kind of major issues, a lot of it here feels kind of nuanced and just basically kind of like continuing the kind of slow accretion of decency and inclusion seems to be kind of what what I see happening. Um, At least, you know, that's like kind of my take just from, you know, my admittedly a little bit Tom Friedman-esque, you know, Uber ride styled, (laughs) you know, on the ground journalism. But it doesn't, it doesn't feel like, like there, there are fundamental issues that are at stake. It's really just about kind of like brought, continuing the progress. Yeah. I kind of wish that we could like take and add another province to Canada and take mm-hmm. Washington, Oregon, and California, maybe call it Cascadia as a <laughs> province, and and move that like into this hook that mm-hmm. Canada gets uh, because they do. I I do think largely that they do get it, and they have, um, you know, it, it's one of those nations where they also have a lot of people who own firearms. But mm-hmm. they would never, for the most part, dream of, you know, trying to get away with the kind of shit that we do in the United States. Right. No, yeah. I mean, and, and I will say, um, <laughs> just just as a, um, as, just to be cute, but um, the, the, the brand A&W, uh, which I, I remember fondly as a kid, um, you know, when we were on road trips, um, going to an A and W for like a root beer float or something, is alive and well in Canada. Um, there are A and Ws on like every street corner, <laughs> so um, so they have they have um, not only a lot of uh, you know LGBTQ kind of acceptance and cultural um, you know sort of primacy, but uh, they also have A&Ws everywhere. So. You, you gotta love the fan. A&W. <laughs> oh. Yeah, we had one here until like uh, about two years ago, and now I'm bummed that it's gone, because it represents a, a memory of my childhood as well. Yeah. <laughs> we, have, we, have a, uh, we have an A&W here in San Angelo. Oh. And there's still, there's still a few in El Paso, Texas. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I I used to love A and W. The only thing that that I do remember once we were on a road trip and um, I went to pick up. I had a big frosty mug of root beer that like you know came to the table, and I went to go pick it up, and I used the force that you would use to pick up a glass mug of root beer, 
but the mug was plastic. Oh yeah. <laughs> and so I launched it all over myself because oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was not the my, not my finest finest moment, but uh, yeah, <laughs> but um, but yeah, A and W. Yeah, I'll tell you my not my finest moment. My dad would make us like he would make us me and my brother he would make it seem like we didn't know that we couldn't walk out with the mug and so he would kind of just have us like steal the mug just me and my brother and it's like oh sorry so you had a collection of like four or five of them (laughs) yeah yeah we had we had we still have quite a few of them (laughs) i love that yeah. yeah, I feel like we had a couple A&W mugs in the house, too. I don't know how they ended up there, but, yeah, they were always very kind of coveted vessels. I think usually they're, they were particularly good for iced tea. I remember that we would have iced tea in the A&W mugs a lot. But hey, um, You know who else is going to have mugs that are really cool and will be really fun to drink out of? Us. Yes. Yep. I haven't put them up yet, but... Um, Actually, there will be 16-ounce pints coming for uh, for the GBC Happy Hour. There will also be, uh, you know, the canisters, you know, the mugs that you can have, like, when you drive, and they keep things hot or cold. Right. Uh, but right now, we already have coffee mugs and T-shirts, and we're going to give people an opportunity later in this hour to win those. So if you're listening and you want to partake in the program and you decide you're going to call in and join us and hang out with Chick and Richie and myself, the phone number 760-677-0111. That's 760-677-0111. And you're, of course, welcome to kick in thoughts and questions and comments on anything that we talk about on the show by calling that number it's available to you uh why don't we have a toll-free line i'm going to tell you because who uses toll-free numbers anymore when there's really no long distance because most people are on mobile phones anymore and you can call anywhere in the uh, north america area so any of the area codes. So that's why we just have a local number, and it's 760-677-0111. And even if you don't win uh, the swag from participating in the show, it's going to be available starting this next week for you to be able to uh, go directly to our mutual broadcasting system store, which is our parent company, and you'll be able to um, purchase uh different items for different shows and for the network itself. So we hope you'll do that. But the very first item to uh, be made that has the GBC Happy Hour logo on it was actually the T-shirt, which has the GBC Happy Hour on the upper left chest and then uh, GBC Mutual logo on the back of the shirt. And all of that is uh, able to be seen on our website at gbc.com. We also have coffee mugs, and those are pretty cool. There's different uh, colors, just as there are with the T-shirt. You can pick the color and sizes that you uh, like, and uh, all that's going to be accessible off of gbc.com this week. I also want to encourage you, if you're on social media, you can visit us at facebook.com 
slash GBC Radio Net. And uh, I, maybe I think it's GBC Radio Network on Facebook. And on Twitter, it's GBC Radio Net. So uh, check us out there. Um, like us, we'll like you back, and we'll follow you as well. And keep us up to date by participating in the show. We'd love to have you with us. With Chick Maxson and Richie Roy, I'm Johnny Mack, and we'll continue with more of the GBC Happy Hour. Coming up, the support for same-sex relationships is plummeting amongst Republicans, but guess what? Not doing so well with the Democrats either. Weird. Maybe it's time to take a fresh look at everything we thought we knew about landing a great job. For instance, what if phenomenal careers start at the middle school science fair instead of at the job fair? If being the captain of the robotics team means just as much on a college application as being captain of the football team. And if knowing the quadratic formula is every bit as important as knowing the right people. Well, the fact is, the jobs of the future will be heavily geared towards science, technology, engineering, and math. In other words, the future is STEM. More opportunities, better pay. And the road to these great jobs starts as early as middle school. So if you're a student, talk to your school counselor about STEM. If you're a parent, talk to your kids. Because the job you'll get in the future may very well depend on what you do today. A public service message from America's Navy. The Happy Hour, where the drinks are half price, the snacks are complimentary, and the hosts just won't shut up. Hello, and welcome back to the happy hour. <laughs> um, so, you know, as as uh, Johnny teased, um, a story came out today that that was a little bit shocking to me, I have to say, um, in some ways, not in, in not in others. Um, so support for same sex relationships, uh, not just marriage, we're talking relationships has plummeted, plummeted amongst Republicans and dipped amongst Democrats. So um, they recently did a Gallup poll last month, and only 41% of Republicans said that gay and lesbian relations are morally morally acceptable, a 15-point drop from 2022. And Democratic approval fell from 85% to 79. Um, the share of indep- independence uh has remained steady with 73 percent expressing approval as a uh, compared to 72 percent the year before so i think this is you know kind of a direct uh effect of the kind of uh complete moral panic craze um that the republicans have been on with with trans folks but that kind of you know there's a there's a kind of halo effect that basically um, just the idea of gayness is on the table again. And, you know, kind of like I was saying, doesn't really feel that way here in Canada. But um, in the U.S., you know, we're still, uh, you know, the polls can swing really broadly on whether gay 
relationships are even acceptable. It's kind of a wild story. As a gay guy, I just want to toss in the fact that I wholeheartedly believe that Republicans are not morally acceptable anymore. <laughs> I mean, right. I mean, I'd love a Gallup poll on that. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's just, um, you know, the number, it, I'm just like, are we back in the 90s? I mean, you know, under 50% um, support for, when you say support for, you know, gay or lesbian relations, what you're saying is gayness. I mean, like, that's a proxy for the existence of gays. Are you talking about um, the 1890s? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, so, yeah, I mean, so I'd be curious, I mean, uh, you know, Chick, uh, you know, you, you're in Texas, um, you know, what's the, do you have any sense that kind of like the, that the, the tides are shifting or, you know, what's your, what's your take on this? I think that just from what I see from a day-to-day basis, as far as, to, to use like kind of a good example from who like customers that I interact with on a day-to-day basis. People are people here are for some reason far more willing to accept a lesbian couple than they are a gay couple. Ew, that's so nineteen eighties. And and that's but but that's the truth. I mean there's so many people here are so far more willing to accept two females in a relationship than two males. You know why I think that is? I think it's because straight guys have fantasies seeing themselves in intimate relations with two women or more at once. And I think that that is why it's palatable because if I like the P word, everyone must like the P word too. I mean, I have a slightly different take on it, um, which is not not to say that that's not correct, um, but but I think a lot of that stems because I I sort of see your point, check, um, and I think that I think this this really is sort of a broadly applicable thing with regards to LGBTQ folk, is a lot of a lot of the the pushback or kind of like lack of. Or, or squeamishness or whatever is really rooted, I think, in just straight up misogyny, um, because you know I think they see two two lesbians and they're like, oh, they want to be men, and they see you know gay you know gay men, they're like, oh, they want to be women. Why would you want to be that? It's I think frankly, there's just a lot of misogyny that sort of underpins, um, you know, a lot of anti LGBTQ, specifically anti. Um, uh, you know, sort of anti-trans, trans women stuff, and um, anti-gay male sense, uh, sort of sensibilities. That totally makes sense. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, it's like just from what I see, just and these are from you know, kind of like almost high-profile people here where I live, and it's it, it's just kind of it gets a weird. Um, I don't know. It's it's a weird situation where somebody who is 
they accept one person for being gay and one other person for not being gay. And yes, the masculinity thing I think goes into that. Um, because there, there are, there, there's one couple that we do a lot of work for, and well, actually, there, there's two couples that we do a lot of work for, and there's another person. His name is Graham. I'll just give his first name. He is perfectly fine with the les- with again with the lesbian couple, but when it comes to like the gay ones. He, he never talks about them. He never really speaks about them. Nothing like that. It's just, it, it's it's a weird, like, it's just such a strange dynamic that I don't understand. Well, you know, I don't think we're programmed with any of this, um, you know, at birth. And it's all because of the society that we live in that these things are ingrained in, into us. And that is the most unfortunate thing because it's, you know, homophobia, misogyny, transphobia, all that stuff is a man-made construct and it's crap. And we have to do everything that we can to put forward our best person, I think, in society to show that we're no different than everybody else. I mean, we all have faults and we all have, you know, lots of positives, but... I, it's just baffling that people get so worked up over this. We're going to continue with more of the happy hour. Stay with us. Some fun and games on the way soon. You may have heard query youth are under attack at schools across the nation, not just by domestic terrorists wielding assault weapons and hiding behind the stranglehold of the firearm lobby. From Florida's infamous don't say gay legislation to multiple states targeting transgender children, intolerance and hate are values that place young lives in harm's way. Glisten has been building a better world for young people for three decades. The Gay, Lesbian, Straight Education Network, working with activists, historians, and researchers, GLSEN has been inspiring educators and advocates, and most of all, students, to ensure safer, more inclusive schools for LGBTQ youth. They have led movements including the Day of Silence, Ally Week, and other initiatives. Your help is needed now more than ever. Support GLSEN. Make a difference by contributing today at glsen.org. GLSEN.org. You think these guys aren't interesting enough without you joining the show? You're probably right. 760-677-0111. That's 760-677-0111. Operators are standing by right now. Probably. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the happy hour. Um, So we were just talking about uh, support for same-sex relations plummeting, um, but you know another issue is that it could be related, but uh, maybe not is uh, visibility. So um, there was recently um, a uh, a story that came out um, where Glad sort of did some some surveying and polling uh, and looked into it, and uh, to no sur- actually to no surprise. Uh, LGBTQ folks are nearly invisible in mainstream advertising. And um, 
you know, I think one of the things that we've talked about discussing on the show before is um, LGBTQ um, advertising and sort of that history. But in terms of our visibility in regular ass advertising, we're not there. We're not. But, you know, I look at other groups of people and can say the same thing. I mean, just like in television entertainment in general, um, uh, you know, I think that there is a broad whitewashing of Asian people, for instance, as well mm -hmm. in advertising. Um, and certainly this huge flap that happened after the ad that Bud Light did uh, featuring a trans person was, you know, I think it, it brought out a lot of the unspoken bigotry that exists in our, you know, in our society. But there have been some winners, too. I went and actually did a little research on this because, and I can't think of all the various brands that have had, uh, you know, gay, lesbian uh, placement in terms of the theme of an ad. Uh, but some of the, the big advertisers who have really integrated uh, LGBTQ families and individuals into their advertising campaigns include uh, Campbell Soup and the toothpaste maker Colgate and, of course, the uh, globally huge coffee retailer Starbucks. And um, Absolute has been at the front of the line uh, for a long, long time, Absolute Vodka. Uh, has done a lot in terms of marketing to the LGBTQ market, and it's probably one of the major reasons that they are the success story that they are. Also, Coca-Cola um, did uh, in a ad uh, campaign that they called Wonder of Us, and uh, it was inclusive of pronouns. Uh, Kodak... They have, I didn't even know that Kodak still existed now in the age of digital cameras. Um, Diesel and Virgin and uh, just a lot of other brands. Um, and in, uh, even, uh, you know, major retailers like Nordstrom. So right. uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of examples of what, companies could do and not have it be the end of the world as they think they know it. I think that's right, but I think I think we're in a moment where there's actually a lot of retrenchment because I and, and this is all anecdotal, but um I've noticed you know because we're in Pride Month, um you know, uh, and I you know, I'm I'm very <laughs> sort of overly I, I'm overly involved in looking at Instagram, particularly. I'm, I'm like obsessed with Instagram. Mm -hmm. um, but um, you know, there there are companies that will do it. You know, a Pride post, right? Like was oh, it? cupcakes, sure. cupcakes by Melissa did like, uh, which make these like little cupcakes, which. Um, full disclosure, I think are awful, but, um, you know, <laughs> they're, they're, they're a well-known company. They there went that cupcakes. sponsorship. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. But they, they, they did a pride post where, you know, they did a little uh, array of rainbow colored mini cupcakes and, uh, you know, other companies, uh, Lamy, which is a German, uh, fountain pen or pen company 
did uh, you know a sort of a pride post with you know rainbow colored pens, whatever. Very innocuous. Mm-hmm. Um, and I look at the comments on there, and there are just the, these vitriolic posts. And literally, just it doesn't say anything other than you know a rainbow rainbow of pens, and say like you know, you know, Lammy, you know, s- says Happy Pride Month, and then these vitriolic unfollow. I will never buy another Lammy pen. These these hateful, crazy people. But like most of the, like a, a plurality of the comments are these people who are so triggered by seeing a rainbow array of a product that they will, you know, basically are just like threatening to kind of like pull their, you know, support or business query whether they even were ever going to buy that product. But, um, you know, but, but that even just showing a rainbow image of your product is still something where you're getting people, you know, with blowback. Um, so, I don't know. It's just like it just feels like a weird moment where um you know it seemed 5 years ago that kind of it was taken for granted that you know you do a rainbow during pride month and we were kind of talking about actually about how sometimes it feels pandering and feels like pink washing and corporatization and stuff but that it's still so at this moment because of all the moral panic and you know reefer madness about gayness that um it's still a live issue and so um you know like you said the bud light thing and you know actually to to go back to you mentioned starbucks um they're currently um in a number of the unionized starbucks they are actually uh striking because of uh news uh that uh or at least reports that starbucks has asked locations to pull back from pride uh displays so it's still it's an active it's an active thing and yeah absolute and subaru and kodak and you know they'll do a super bowl ad or they'll do you know like a they'll do like a one-off but in terms of just kind of like folding queer representation into their normal palette of you know advertising still isn't really happening yeah well I still find it hard to believe that Starbucks has done that uh, and it wasn't something that was some local management decisions uh, because, again, there is such a significant number of highly placed uh, LGBTQ people working at Starbucks headquarters in Seattle that I cannot imagine uh, this would not have rumbled the earth under the old Sears building in Seattle, um, which is their headquarters. And it it just seems high, much more highly likely to me that this is a regionalized uh, issue that they're experiencing mm-hmm. because of some, you know, um, Neanderthals who happen to have worked their way into management. And I'm not – look, I'm not a customer of Starbucks. I, I don't drink coffee. I, I have gone in a Starbucks shop maybe 10 times in the last 10 years. Um, and so uh, – and always for iced tea. So it's it, – it could be happening. And, and But the fact that anybody would even uh, consider that they should not – market to an important uh, element of our society uh, and one that is is extremely brand loyal 
seems to be a very ridiculous uh, concept, regardless of what kind of business you are. I get it that some of these knuckleheads that have uh, taken these attitudes are people who have and own businesses who are extremely into whatever flavor of religion gets spewed at them on Sundays from the pulpit. But I don't know. I just, I think everybody needs to take a big chill pill on that front and uh, realize that we should have representation by all flavors, all colors, all, you know, different aspects of our society. And that marketing should reflect the enormity of of the clientele that you're trying to, you know, connect with. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I will say, um, I want to remind folks our call-in number is 760-677-0111. And uh, we just had a bombshell, breaking news, drudge siren level event. Um, Johnny Mac is prejudiced against coffee. Uh, we didn't know that until now. <laughs> this is this is uh, this is sh- just shaking the core of the happy hour. So um, <laughs> hold, hold, hold on, let me uh, uh, let me get um, Matt on the line here, Drudge. <laughs> yes, um, <laughs> um, I'm just I'm just joking, but but but. But to be to be uh, truthful, the call-in number is there. Um, if if you have any thoughts on you know gay advertising, um, any you know drag story bans, uh, the support for same-sex relations plummeting, any of the stuff we've talked about. If you have any uh, suggestions for where I should go in Toronto while I'm here for the next day and a half or so, um, feel free to call in. Uh, we would love to hear from you. But um, there is, by the way, a a pride event there tomorrow, correct? There is the parade. Yes, that's the 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 big parade. I I I think we're going to go. I'm not positive about it. I I I understand the importance of pride parades. Um, At the same time, uh, you're one of those guys who once they've been to one, they've been to all of them. Well, I wouldn't say that. It's just. Um, the 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 trans march, which was kind of like more of a procession, basically everyone who wanted to could march in the actual thing, felt very vibrant to me. Yeah. Um, the kind of professional, you know, TD Bank, Citibank, Wells Fargo, kind of professional float situation. Um, I don't always feel quite as much of a need to to go there for that. I'm not discounting that it's relevant and important for some. Yeah. I just don't know if I, I need to necessarily go to that. Okay. Well, there's but, certainly but I, but other things to, otherwise there's, if, you feel, if you feel strongly. There's certainly other things to do there that will be probably much more enjoyable for your time than, than just standing on a sidewalk for hours uh, over here. Is it hot and humid up there this weekend? It's been... In the mid seventies, oh, that's slight, nice. Slightly humid, um, and and a little bit drizzly at times. But um, like right now, I'm looking out the window. The sun is shining. Um, there are big, billowing cumulus clouds that are kind of like luminous, and it's in the mid seventies. So really, can't complain about that. No, that's nice. Yeah, like every time I go up there, it's you know, it seems like it's eighties 
80 to 90 and it's you know like 80 percent humidity and and you know as beautiful as it is it's still sticky and you're like gotta get back right. in the shower every month a uh, minute right <laughs> yeah chick what are you doing this weekend oh i'm not doing much i may go over to my neighbor's house for some ribs later today yeah but, and air conditioning uh, yes yeah <laughs> yes well, we want you to stay cool, so um, don't. I'm do- I'm doing I'm doing what I can. Don't melt <laughs> into your own river. So yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, I mean, ribs does sound delicious. I must say, doesn't it? Um, it does sound good. I will say, um, I had a dynamite. Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot of really good ethnic food in Toronto. I'm like, this is this is the place. Like. Um, it seems like there's really big communities of Southeast Asian, uh, Ethiopian, uh, you know, sort of Indian subcontinent. So a lot of a lot of good food to be had. Um, been too busy to to avail myself of too much of it, um, but uh, ribs sounds pretty darn good. That yep. I don't know if they have a good ribs spot in Toronto. I might have to I might have to venture down to uh, San Angelo to to have some ribs. <laughs> I imagine you can find some pretty good Indian food there. Yes. Yeah, you throw you throw a rock and you see, you know, seven great looking curry spots. I bet you I bet you could find some good barbecue in Toronto. <laughs> Probably. It's you know it's, it's too tricky. big of a city there, not to it, have it. But you know, I thought the same thing though when I went to New York and lived there. And it was so hard to find decent Mexican food that wasn't either way expensive or so so not expensive you didn't really want to risk it. <laughs> well, we are coming up. <laughs> we're coming up on our final segment of the program, and we promised that we were going to have some fun and games, and we are. Seven six zero six seven seven zero one one one. We're going to open that up. We'll uh, we'll have some more conversation about what's going on around the world. But we want to actually uh, come up with some great Hollywood related stuff. Um, memorable quotes from the silver screen. And if you've got one to share, uh, you might want to give us a shout now. Seven six zero six seven seven. 0111 and we're going to be giving away some some swag today so stay with us we'll continue with the happy hour in just a moment it's thursday night and you're grabbing drinks with some friends started off with a pitcher for the table which quickly becomes two there's pool and there's the photo booth all right everybody squeeze in say cheese Followed naturally by an order of wings. And another. Can we get some extra ranch sauce? Then there's the ceremonial nightcap. So what are we doing this weekend? And lastly, it's back to the car. Which, if you're buzzed... ...could be the most expensive night of your life. Getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving, because buzz driving is drunk driving. 
Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. We're live once a week, but the happy hour is always available on demand as a podcast wherever you prefer to get them. The hosts will tell you where, if you ask nicely. And welcome back to the final segment of this week's happy hour. Um, I will say um, one of the things that I have been most happy about, um, little luxuries, but um, my delightful host um, here in Toronto has a bidet attachment on the toilet, which I also have at home. And um, I have to say, it's crucial. I kind of like in the future, if I'm traveling, I might bring one with me. Um, if someone doesn't have one, I'll just install it on their behalf. Um, <laughs> it, it really does make life better. So, well, um, I hate to it, inform you, but if you uh, come this way, uh, there won't be one here waiting. Wow. Okay. So break, I'm just break, letting you know because news. I'd hate you to hate for you to have to be without one. And it's not that I have anything against them. Uh, actually, it sounds kind of fun, but you know, I have a swimming pool, so. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't yep. say that to people who are possibly going to come over for pool parties, but. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, good, good to know that GBC uh, HQ is currently bidetless, so we may have to remedy that. Um, but maybe with a GBC branded uh, bidet attachment. <laughs> there you go. But, um, <laughs> but yeah. So a real happy hour. <laughs> Exactly. So welcome back. And I, I know that um, that Johnny Mac has some fun planned. I don't know what's up his sleeve, but um, what's the what's what are we up to? Well, I, you know, I thought uh, we've talked about doing a number of these kinds of things and having people call in and share um, things that they remember. So um, I'll ask you first and then people can kind of catch on. But a famous movie line. Um, you give the line, and then we'll give the movie. Mm, okay. Okay. Um, for instance, if I were to say, you can't handle the truth, you'd say... Is that A Few Good Men? Mm-hmm. Okay. Jack Nicholson and Tom Cruise. Right. And so that's essentially what we're doing is... Uh, and... Uh, the best of the best will uh, actually uh, have something to uh, drink their coffee out of in in true Richie Roy style. <laughs> A brand new GBC Happy Hour mug. So the phone number is 760-677-0400. That's 760 760- Six seven seven zero one eleven, and I know that there's a lot of people who've told us that they'd like to participate in the program, but they're just so shy. So yes, we're um, actually bribing you with uh, GBC Happy Hour coffee mugs. So um, if you want to partake, uh, feel free to do that. Um, there are other things that have been going on in the world, and as as we heard about earlier in our newscast today. Uh, if you're listening to the program live, uh, it was really a surprise to wake up and find out that the 
um, that forces were working their way towards the Russian capital of Moscow today, and that basically Moscow was under attack, or that, you know, uh, Russia was under attack, and that now they're saying that Mr. Putin may or may not be at the, uh, uh, you know, at the helm of the country at the moment, uh, at, uh, you know, at this time anyway, as we're doing the show, uh, and that's kind of a scary thing. I mean, if it was um, uh, Mr. Navani, is it, that uh, is his primary uh, competitor trying to take control of, of Russia, um, who is unfortunately locked up right now, uh, right. I would be feeling much more comfortable. But the, uh, the forces, the Wagner group, um, they are uh, another story, and that could actually be even worse for other nations around the world uh, if if they were to uh, gain control of the Russian state. So, uh, weird day today. Very weird day today to wake up to news that uh, Russia was under attack. Right. So, I've been, I've been struggling, not struggling, I've been trying to rack my brain for these movie quotes because um, for some reason I keep going back to this one movie. I won't disclose it because it, it will ruin any uh, quotes I have from it. But um, it's a movie that I watched – I've watched probably 400 times um, oh <laughs> as a kid. Gosh. My little sister and I would watch it every single day after school. Um, the Little Mermaid. It was not The Little Mermaid. No, okay. it was <laughs> a little bit more adult than that. Um, but Peter Pan? I, no. Okay. Uh, I have I have a – there's a quote from it that's my favorite. Dumbo? But it is, it is so niche that no one would ever get the quote. So I'm like, I won't do that one. But um, And the, the quote is, um, and now the oil refineries belong to me and only me. And another thing, you're all fired. It's so it's so, if you get that quote like you you win the prize but it's it's a throwaway moment in a movie that I know every word from but the, it's my favorite quote The Life and Times of Rex Tillerson Oh god Johnny Mac <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea I've never heard that and you've watched it 400 plus times Yeah it's 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 when I when you when you find out what the movie is you'll kind of get it because it's um I, I'm not giving anything away it's a movie from the 90s that is um and like ridiculously ensemble cast um like everyone who's everyone is in the movie um and it's the gayest movie that you could imagine um. But I, I will give later a, a, a quote that is a more iconic quote from it and see if you get it. Okay. Well, you're not going to have much longer. Again, 760-677-0111 if you want to uh, join us and uh, partake in, in this. Um, uh, and don't bring something ridiculous like, uh, frankly, Scarlet, I don't give a damn. Mm -hmm. got to be something a little more. Uh, a little more challenging, that. yeah. yeah. Um, so I'll give you one. What I feel, I don't feel quite right in a turban. What I feel like is Gloria fucking Swanson. What am I, 70, David? Am I 70? Why don't you just put me in a walker? Buy a goddamn walker and put me in it. 
Any idea? I don't. I don't know. Uh, do you, Chick? Uh, no, I don't either. <laughs> so, um, I, so this is from the movie I was talking about, um, and it is one of the most quotable, funnest movies. It is from the movie Soap Dish. Oh, I should have known that. I love that film. Yeah, that's the one that I've watched like 400 times because it's and it is a movie that I think should be absolutely in the queer canon because it has everyone in it. It has Whoopi Goldberg, Kevin Kline, Kathy Moriarty, um, Elizabeth Shue, uh, Robert Downey Jr., um, uh, Gary Marshall. Oh, God, it has so many more people in it. Um, but it is it is the campiest movie. Um, and uh, I could just quote you the whole thing there. I mean, looking back at it, there is there. There's a storyline that might not have not might not age very well now that I think about it um, in terms of uh, uh, Montana Moorhead, um, uh, kind of a trans storyline that maybe is a little bit yikes now but the rest of the movie is so funny and good that i think we can overlook it but um yeah that was my that was the only quote that somehow that came to mind immediately hmm. how about you chick do you have a uh favorite memorable movie line um i have a couple from this from the same movie that or from from one movie i have a few Okay. Number one, uh, it's 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. And that's from the Blues Brothers movie. Ah! <laughs> of course. That is my that is my all-time favorite movie. I love, love that. that. I've never seen that movie. Um, I've seen really? it. It's been so long ago. Like I think I saw it when it was originally on the screen. <laughs> I, I I that is a movie that I can watch over and over and over again. I love it. <laughs> and this the second quote from that movie is it's got a cop motor, it's a four hundred forty beer cubic inch plant, it's got cop tires, cop suspension, cop shocks. It's a model made before a catalytic converter, so it'll run on regular gas on gas. What do you say? Is it news is it the new blues mobile or what? And Jake says, <laughs> "Fix the cigarette light." Nice. I, I'll have to. Maybe I'll watch that on my train ride back down from Toronto to the to uh, to Poughkeepsie. <laughs> well, you have a safe love- trip home. And Thank you. By the way, chick, you stay cool down in sweltering Texas, and there's no try. melting allowed. And uh, I will look forward to joining both of you. We'll be back on our regular day for the live cast, which will be on Sunday this coming week. Sunday, the, uh, what is Sunday? The 2nd, I think, of July? Yeah. And so stay with us here on GBC. GBC GBC.com is where you'll find out all the information about what's going on. Follow us on Facebook or on Twitter. We look forward to being with you again. May your shadow fall in pleasant places.